You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Chance for Kentucky. Shepard got it! He hits it! There are no... Seconds left on the clock. Is that going to be it? Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. ESPN, courtesy of the call. It turned out that uh, that it wasn't. Reed is our shepherd. There is nothing that we shall want. Except for winning our bets, which was really awesome because we bet Kentucky last night and, uh, and they wanted the buzzer. And it was and it was really, really, really great. Speaking of really great, we're going to have a really great guest joining us in just a second. The great Jay Billis from ESPN joins us here in a moment talking all things college basketball. Mike Gallagher from Establish the Run will join us talking NBA coming up in a little bit. Pete Prisco from CBS Sports in a couple hours live from the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis talking National Football League. And we'll continue to break down last night's action and spinning it forward here with bets that we might want to play. Place, both on a night-to-night basis and in the good old futures market. But joining us right now is the great Jay Billis, ESPN College Basketball Analyst on Twitter, at Jay Billis. Jay, it's Nick Costos and Ken Barkley. You better you bet. We sincerely appreciate the time. How's it going? Great. How are you guys doing? We're, we're good, Jay. I saw you tweet about Reed Shepard, that shot we played coming out of break. Nick and I both, we both watched that game, bet that game last night as Kentucky beat Mississippi State. And we were talking about this in the first segment of our show uh, the idea that Kentucky is actually, if you can believe it, the most bet team right now to win the national championship. So whether it's betters or just, I feel like fans, people who follow the sport, everyone's starting to kind of fall for uh, this Kentucky team and think they could make a deep run in the tournament. I'm curious, you watched the game last night. You've watched Kentucky a lot. Uh, how do you feel about them this year? I think Kentucky is one of the best offensive teams in the country. They are short of that defensively. Um, I think they're very, very good. Uh, but I don't put them on the same level as UConn, uh, Purdue, Arizona, Houston. I think that's the top tier. But Kentucky, there's nobody out there they can't beat. I just think the universe of teams that can beat them is a little bit bigger because they don't defend uh, consistently uh, as well as the, the top contenders. Jay, do you think Kentucky more likely to make a run at a national championship and make a Final Four, or more likely to like flame out early if it's an opponent, like you said, the universe of teams that can beat them might be pretty big given their defensive uh, deficiencies here. Better chance Kentucky makes a run to the Final Four or flames out early in the tournament? Well, those are two extremes. So, uh, you know, I would say more likely that they're, they're good enough to make a Final Four. Um, now, could they slip on a banana peel in the first or second round? They've done that before. They did it last year, and, and they could do it again. But uh, uh, I think I think more likely to make a Final Four of those two extremes. I, I think their their uh, ceiling is probably their ceiling is a Final Four. I don't think they're a they're a, 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 I wouldn't put them among the the teams I would expect to win it. But they're not. You know, if they play their best 
in every game? Of course they can. Uh, but, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past them to get, get beat early. Um, they're more likely than those teams I mentioned before to get beat early. Jay, you mentioned your your kind of first tier of teams that are the most likely to win the title. You mentioned, I think, you know, the projected 4-1 seeds right now, which, like, I would agree with. I think Nick would agree with, too. UConn, Houston, Purdue, and Arizona. And the funny thing about two of those teams, especially Purdue and Arizona, is they're literally responsible for the, the two biggest seed upsets we had in the NCAA tournament last year. Purdue lost to a 16 seed, obviously. Arizona lost to Princeton, a 15 seed. So I think, you know, when people fill out their brackets, people who bet on the tournament, all, all of us collectively, we're going to kind of look and be like, is there something about these two teams that when it comes to tournament time, the game slows down, coaching, whatever it is, maybe there is a flaw there that we're just not going to see right now. And maybe it's something that shows itself in March. Do you believe in stuff like that with teams? Or do you think maybe these are two safer teams to make it far than what we've seen? I don't believe in that. I think uh, every team, look, can go into a game and, and face a, a difficult matchup and get beat. Um, you know, the, the one thing we know is that of the games played on, in the first round, half the teams are going to lose. Uh, so, you know, somebody's going to lose. Um, but when you show that kind of high-level consistency during the course of the season, uh, it's a pretty good indicator. I mean, you know, how do you, how do you square the fact that Kentucky lost to UNC Wilmington? They've lost to, to teams at home that they should have beaten uh, when you talk about them being Final Four good. And that didn't happen. That hasn't happened with uh, with Purdue and, and Arizona. Uh, th- those are different things. Now, I don't put it past any of these teams to get beat in a given game if they play lousy. Um, but uh, uh, I, I, I tend to think that, that what you see in the regular season is what you're likely to see in the tournament. Jay, something that I've struggled with, and you mentioned like the, the top tier of teams, right, with Houston, Purdue, UConn, and Arizona. Something I've struggled with when I'm thinking about who's going to win the national championship. Like, which team do I think is most likely like to penetrate that bubble, to like upend the apple cart and potentially be there if it's not going to be one of those four teams, like the four top teams, like the four projected one seeds right now in the NCAA tournament. I've kind of taken a little bit of a shine to Marquette. I like them tonight laying the points against Providence. If you had to pick a team, Jay, that you think is most likely to upend that apple card outside of those top four teams win the national championship who would it be and why well it's a group of teams i mean i think illinois is really good um iowa state could do it uh, i i agree with you that marquette's an attractive team as is creighton you know marquette though they run into a team that can really rebound and they're really difficult to deal with on the glass and can defend at a high level um, that could cause them a problem in a given game like last year they lost to michigan state michigan state wasn't they play a seven-game series. I don't know who wins, but uh, Michigan State was a, a superior rebounding team, and that really hurt Marquette. You know, Marquette's uh, strength is turnover margin. Like, their turnover margin is like plus five points something. So that's where they're going to get extra possessions is by turning teams over. Where they give up extra possessions is on the glass because they're a smaller team that doesn't rebound as well as, as some of the other, other contenders out there. But – once, you know, the tournament's kind of weird. Once uh, some of the top teams in a particular region, if they wind up getting beat, that opens it up for a number of teams. Um, last year, Florida Atlantic, what I think was interesting about them, now Florida Atlantic was really good, but, you know, they were a, a, an egregiously bad turnover uh, away by Memphis in their first-round game from being out in the first round. Memphis doesn't turn the ball over there, which was a crazy bad turnover then uh, we're not talking about Florida Atlantic last year. And 
in addition to that, they not only had that good fortune, they he obviously played well enough to win, but, but that, was, that was really fortunate. Then they had the good fortune of Purdue getting beat right across from them, so they got to play fairly Dickinson in the second round. And uh, so there are things that can happen in the tournament that can open it up for a number of teams. Cause I don't know how many people are saying, Hey, watch out for Florida Atlantic. We were talking about them as a team that could pull a first round upset or something like that, but not necessarily as a final four team. And uh, those are the kind of things that can, can happen to make it possible for, cause it's funny when you get put into a region. So say you're in the Midwest region, one of the things, you know, that you, you need to remind the players of is 75% of the best teams in the country aren't in that region. And really the tournament is just a series of four-team tournaments that you have to win. And you put a four-team tournament in front of a group of players, it's a hell of a lot easier to navigate than it is, hey, hey, we got the 68 or 64-team tournament by the time you get to the first Thursday. That seems a lot more daunting. They look at the opposite side of the tournament, see all these good teams. You don't have to worry about that. Only one team's coming out of there. You don't play. You don't play any of those teams except maybe one if you make it to Monday night. Yeah, and to your point, Jay, I think you know Purdue obviously loses. That was Florida Atlantic's like next opponent. But I think like the one, the two was Marquette. They lost early. Like Tennessee, you know, beat Duke, and then Tennessee loses. It's like so. It's just it's kind of like the way the bracket ended up breaking. You know, path is obviously really important. I think I think you make a great point there. I think still like what what I try to do when I look at you know I I didn't see Florida Atlantic play a lot last year, and so they get seeded, and you know we're all gonna go by like maybe the one game we watched them or the couple games, or we can we can rely on people like you that have maybe see these teams a few times and could give us some advice about just what you see when we don't have time to check out every single team in the country there might be some teams we've never seen before you know grand canyons a team that a couple people have told me about for example mcneese state some of these teams that they might end up being that 11 12 seed line maybe they win a couple games have you seen a couple teams that would fit that description where yeah they need a break they need help maybe in terms of who's opposite them in the bracket but you could see them winning a couple games some smaller schools well yeah you could see teams winning a couple games but you know, when you mention, I think you mentioned McNeese State. Who who else did you mention? Uh, Grand Canyon, I think, is is a team that's been brought up to us. Yeah. Grand Canyon's a good team, especially at home. You, you can see them winning a couple games. I don't see any of those teams getting past, or, or either of those teams getting past uh, the the second weekend. Is it possible? Yeah, it's possible, but a lot has to happen for that to to be the case. Um, you know, most of the most of the stuff you're looking for is is what's a you know, what's a first-round upset or a team that can make the Sweet 16 or something? Or, you know, show me a, a team, like you're saying, Purdue last year, that may be vulnerable that I don't want to pick – excuse me, don't want to pick to go to the Final Four because it could, could screw up my bracket if they slip on a banana peel in the first or second round. Uh, those are the things that you're looking for. There, there's usually a finite amount of teams that really have the ability to win this thing. And uh, it may be, you know, if somebody falls down, it, it increases that a little bit. It, it, but it, there's a difference between navigating a region and make it to the Final Four and winning the whole thing. Those are two different things. And, uh, and I'm talking about teams that can win it, you know, because we wind up this time of year. I don't know when this happened, but we spent so much time talking about the bubble. Who's going to get in? Who's going to be left out? When the truth is, hardly any of those teams have a chance. And uh, and we we spend less time talking about the the, the best teams that have a legitimate shot to win this thing because because in my in my mind look I get I get the brackets and all that stuff it's great I, I enjoy it too 
But after I fill it out, I don't even look at it. I don't even care after I fill it out. I, I, I like the competition and see who's going to win, win the thing. To me, it's a national championship event. It's not, it's not about the bubble and some of these other things. Uh, I was going to ask you about like your next four out after the first four out, but we can we can move on to <laughs> move on to other topics then. You better you better hear with Nick and Ken on a Wednesday talking to the great Jay Billis from ESPN College Hoops here on the show on Twitter at Jay Billis. Jay, I want to ask you about BYU, a team that I've taken a shine to recently, uh, going into Kansas and winning last night. Super impressive. I don't know if I like them as much as I like Marquette. I really like BYU here. So Jay, is BYU a team for you that maybe like if things break right could get to the Final Four? Full short of a national championship what about BYU coming off of last night's upset win at Kansas well beating Kansas is significant especially there Kansas hasn't lost there in a long time but Kansas didn't have Kevin McCuller either and Kansas is a very shorthanded team they've only got a few players they can really rely on you take out you know Kevin McCuller is the first team all-american you know you take him off Kansas's team and they're a hell of a lot easier to beat um, and I'm about to say give BYU credit after I just took all the credit away from them. But, but they're very, very good, especially offensively. Um, they play a five-out system. They've got a bunch of guys that can really shoot it. So if they get in, if you allow them to get into some sort of offensive rhythm where they're banging shots down and you wind up chasing them, um, you know, Trevin Nell's one of the best shooters in the country, and Jackson Robinson's really good. Uh, Ali Khalifa can pass it. He's a big guy that can pull opposing big guys away from the basket. So they can they can really score. I don't think they're a great defensive team. Uh, and usually what winds up happening is teams that are Final Four National Championship good are going to be ranked in the, you know, usually the top 25 of, of the offensive efficiency ratings. And they're, they're going to be at least top, top 30, top 40 in defense. And uh, BYU checks the box on offense. Um, but they don't on defense. So that makes them a little bit vulnerable in, in talking about them as a Final Four team. But again, you know, bracket opens up. That changes a lot of things. Jay, we only have about 30 seconds left. Just want to ask you about, like, the biggest game tonight in college basketball, which from a ranking standpoint and maybe standings in the conference is probably Tennessee hosting Auburn. They're kind of four or five teams that still have a chance to win the regular season SEC championship. These are two of them. Tennessee, a, a, you know, a seven-point favorite. Obviously, home teams in the SEC play really well. Uh, a thought on that game and then maybe how you see the SEC shaking out the rest of the way. Maybe who wins the regular season title here in about 30, 45 seconds? Yeah, Tennessee's a better team, I think, but it's a close call. Uh, Auburn's lost what two of their last four. Uh, I was I was surprised that Kentucky kind of handled them pretty easy at Auburn uh, a week or two ago. Uh, we were there for for game day, and and I think the the thought among our crew was, geez, I hope Kentucky stays in the game because they didn't have Trey Mitchell with them, and they wound up winning by double digits and never trailed in the game. Uh, but Kentucky, or excuse me, Tennessee is an interesting team because they've got the best player in the league in Dalton Connect, which. Most people have never heard of when he played at Northern Colorado, and he's now a, a lottery pick probably. Um, but Tennessee's really difficult to deal with on the defensive end, especially with Zakai uh, Ziegler healthy now. He's really disruptive. Their issue is, you know, if they're if they have a an off offensive game, they could be had. But they're better offensively this year than they've been in a while. So uh, I like them as the best team. They're playing at home, uh, you know. So I think they wind up winning the game tonight. But both those teams are going to be difficult because they can really both of them can really guard. And uh, and Auburn's offensive numbers and their offensive performance is better than than they look when you watch them play. They, they're actually pretty efficient. Jay, five seconds to go here. Final question: What's the best Young Jeezy song? 
My Hood. <laughs> That's a really good one. <laughs> I, I would say it's his verse. Yeah. I'd say his verse on Dana, which is "I'm in my Cool Whip, inside's Jello." Hop up out that like hello is is my my favorite always uh jay we appreciate it man you're awesome thank you very much for making the time on twitter at jay billis you of course watch him on espn stay well enjoy the games tonight we hope to do this again soon my pleasure thank you jay billis we got to go to work yeah. jay billis loves young jeezy which i i he absolutely does. yeah love. every morning yes. i'm in my cool whip inside jello hop about that pretty like hello it's the best Mm -hmm. coming up next the great mike gallagher joins us talking nba here on a wednesday we'll be right back with you better you bet presented by bet mgm (laughs) on the bet ql network